Welcome to Love Boat, a Vikings podcast. I'm Matt Johnson, and the Vikings are once again coming off a win. I'm joined by the regular cast and crew, and in addition, we got Preet, Carter, Tyler. Joining us is Will Briggs. Will, uh, you're Preet's friend, but also a Patriot fan. Uh, you're not only his friend, but that's the reason you're here. I figured I'd talk to you, get some insight on the Patriots game we just had in the upcoming Jets game since they're in your division. But why don't you introduce yourself, tell the fans what you do, and then we'll get started. Awesome. Well, I, I really appreciate the invitation and uh, happy to have you thanking you guys that uh, thank you guys for thinking that I have literally any anything good to say. But um, my name's Will uh, and I'm a graphic design intern, creative media intern for NC State football. That's sort of what I do day to day. Oh, yeah. Carter's my friend, too. Yeah, we got breaking um, news. Carter's mad. I didn't include him. but yeah a diehard Patriots fan grew up in Boston and uh yeah um that's that's awesome is your dream one day to do graphic design for the Patriots because like if I could work for the Vikings dude that'd be sick no yeah 100 percent yeah awesome the Patriots are the are the goal yeah exactly well that's awesome and it's nice to talk to someone who's actually a fan of a team we're facing especially since we won't be facing the uh, Panthers for Carter this year. Next year, right? Fortunately, next year year (laughs) we can actually use you to full potential, Carter. They Um, play in Carolina too, Carter. So we'll have to be there. Let's all go. Let's all go. So the Vikings played the Patriots on Thanksgiving. They came out with a win. And right off the bat, I'll say it was a pretty good game, a little bit of back and forth. The thing I like most about it, the Vikings actually scored a touchdown in every quarter of the game, something we haven't really seen as much lately with these close wins. But Preet, I'll start with you, and then we'll ask Will a little bit what he saw. Is this one of the games that actually shatters like this primetime Kirk narrative? He won at Sunday night, basically, on a holiday. Um, is a pretty good win against a team with a winning record. I know the Patriots aren't the Patriots of the heyday, but what did you see from it, and what, are you impressed with Kirk? So it was one of those weird games with Kirk where, yes, he did play well, but there's also so many opportunities where he almost didn't. The interception to KJ Osborne where he just overshoots him really bad. He nearly throws an interception on the comeback route on third and one. Uh, What else? Uh, JJ has to slide underneath and make an incredible grab to stop an interception. KJ has to almost rip the ball away. But other than like some of those weird throws, like one off throws, he looked, he looked locked in, which was something you're not used to seeing when, when like the lights are the brightest. I feel like the, Especially with Christian Darasad, I was really surprised at his mobility in the pocket. I feel like some of the quick passes also, you know, really helped him. But I don't know. I I would say would have, but also we lost forty to three, and I feel like that taste is still in some people's mouth. So I I don't think he'll get the credit he deserves. I mean, if you look at the stats, it, it looks good. like a really good Kirk game. Like it looks like he missed seven first... of his passes, three touchdowns, which we haven't seen in a long time. Almost 300 yards, which I think is a season high, and only one interception. Which yeah, it looked this like his year first complete game. Seeing. It looked right. like his first complete game. And, you know, it's still the attitude of, hey, well, shoot, I need a big play here. We'll throw it to 18. You know, and I, you know, I love that because he's the best player in the field at all times almost. So, Will, like we said, we'll go to you and ask your kind of perspective. I know the Patriots aren't basically the same team they've been in the past. There's no Tom Brady, and it's been a couple of seasons like that, obviously, but. What do you kind of see in Mac Jones? Does he get you excited to watch him every week? And about this game, is this the Patriots you've seen all year? Or was this a game where maybe the Vikings were able to take advantage of something? 
Let's see where to start with that. Uh, I'll start with Mac. Um, a lot of the talk with Mac this entire season, I feel like people have lost confidence in him, um, especially New England sports media. Absolutely rips the guy from week to week, even if he has a good week like he did uh, against uh, the Vikings on Thursday night. He had a good game statistically, but they obviously lost. So um, I will say that I think the narrative on Kirk is not going to shift in in sort of primetime games. Um, but I think the narrative on Mac is continuing to shift towards he's not the guy. He's he's not the guy. Like, I'd rather start Bailey Zappi. And that is not how I feel. But I I do think that Mac had a great game. And like Preet said, Preet says that that Kirk was like looked really locked in, even without even with an injured offensive line. And I think right. this was the first game this season Mac looked comfortable in the pocket. Like all all night long, I feel like until the fourth quarter where they kind of gave out. But yeah, I'd say that's sort of where, where I land in terms of that game is Mac played well. Um, and I think that the media will continue to kind of turn the tide away from him. Just before we move on, do you think he's like the guy going forward? Does Belichick have a lot of faith in Mac Jones? I mean, we saw the Bailey Zappi stuff early in the season, right? But now that Mac's kind of back in and has played a few games in a row, puts them together. I think it was honestly up in the air. Um, that one week where they sort of both played, right? I was that's like, so weird. Oh, I know. I was like, I've never seen anything like that with the Patriots before. Obviously, they haven't had to do anything in my lifetime like that. But it, it was so strange, and it really felt like Belichick was just looking for an excuse to replace Mac Jones. And um, yeah, I think now that we're a few weeks past that, I don't see that happening. But if Mac gets flipped for a third this offseason, I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah, I mean, I'll st- I'm still happy that we got the dub. I mean, the Patriots are a really good defense, which is something I was afraid of going into this game. And, you know, there were some gaffes, but Kirk had a decent game, all things considered, even though he may not have looked the part the whole time. Um, Carter, you have a little bit different perspective. I love your comment here. But did this game kind of what you pull out from the Viking side of things from this? Well, uh, let's give Kirk credit before I kind of rip on on him a little bit. The Vikings won (laughs) the football game. That's all I'm going to say. However, the Vikings also (laughs) almost lost this football game. Both can be true, yes. People really don't realize how close this game actually was just because Kirk's stat line was good. There was a kickoff return for a touchdown. The Patriots gave them the ball in good in good field positions a lot of times. The punt game was awful from the Patriots. And people don't realize that this game was almost the most stereotypical Kirk thing of all time. He puts up decent stat lines and then almost loses the game narrowly. To me, it didn't really change much for him because like what Preet pointed out earlier, he didn't. He almost turned the ball over a few times. There were a few throws earlier in the game that didn't sell me. I really thought he actually looked a little out of it at some points earlier in the game. And sure, he put up the great stats and did lead the team to the win, but this game was inches away from having the Kirk that we were, we were used to seeing last year and really the Kirk that everybody always makes fun of. So it doesn't change a whole lot for me. I'm sure team morale was good. And if I had to say some positives, this really did look like a good game from the Vikings all around besides from a few small things. And it seems like they're starting to hit their stride after getting blown out by the Cowboys. 
And like me and Preet said this earlier, we were watching the game live. This was probably the most complete game they put on paper since the Packers game. I think so too. In that point, that you know the defense played pretty well, albeit they didn't have enough pressure for me to be happy. But they did get a few sacks, and the offense was solid the whole game. I was gonna say, me and Carter were watching this game together. Every time Michael Pollardi would come out to punt, Carter would be like, "God damn it, Pollardi! What the hell is that?" He'd like leave it like twenty yards <laughs> short. Carter would actually get annoyed, and he, every time Greg Joseph would punt, he'd be like, "Wow, that's a that's a pretty good punt." And he was like commending Joseph like play acting skills for selling that flag. I was like, "Dang!" Also, Dude, I'm just uh, curious, Will. What did you see? Why were they? Why was every kickoff not going, not sailing past the end zone? They were like testing Kane. I don't even. Okay. I guess you don't need to comment on it, but I was confused the whole time because we know he can return kicks. I'll comment on it. All right. Uh, The Patriots for the last two, two, two years with Nick Folk as the place kicker has had Jake Bailey, the punter do kickoffs because I'm assuming Bailey just has the stronger leg. He can, he can kick it and it goes the distance every single time. Um, I learned that's what you do in Madden. (laughs) Jake Bailey is uh, currently injured right now. And there's rumors about him and his future in New England, but he's currently injured right now. So Polardi signed off the practice squad, is uh, handling the punting duties. But as for kickoffs, those have now been placed onto the young, fruitful 36-year-old leg of Nick Folk, who can unfortunately not hit a ball longer than 52 yards anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But yeah, that's sort of just that's what's happening. It was it wasn't any sort of it wasn't any sort of test there, but it obviously came back and bit them in the ass this week. Right. Um, well, it paid off for us, uh, Tyler. It did. <laughs> JJ had another really good game. He seems like he's really trying to hit that two thousand yards, whether he's aware of it or not. I'm sure he is. We know JJ, and he's uber competitive. But are you surprised at all that he's able to do this against the Patriots defense? Sometimes they're the first ranked defense on a game to game basis. Absolutely not, Matt. You know, with Jefferson, we've pretty much gotten to this point where you can expect elite production from him on a weekly basis. Yeah. He's just such a special player. And the fact that O'Connell just moves him all around the field like a chess piece is kind of like, this is what Vikings fans were expecting sort of in the off season when, you know, he's a like a McVeigh assistant and you have cup over there and like Jefferson into Cooper cup role. What does that look like? And you're seeing it this season. It's just like week after week after week, he just gets hundreds of yards. And I mean, you compared him to cup, but cup also had a lot of like wide receivers around him. Our team is basically just JJ at the wide receiver position right now. So I don't know if anybody else wants to comment on that too, and I don't think we're going to get OBJ as much as I might have wanted him in the past. But is there a serious problem? I think we've asked this before, but it looks like it's a looming problem even more now. Uh, we need a wide receiver, right, guys? Yeah. 100%. You're not going to... Thielen turned back the clock for arguably the weirdest you know, beef in NFL <laughs> history between him and... Uh him and Bill Belichick. And I feel like that also motivated him in a way, but uh, he clearly, me and Carter, when we were watching the game, every time he gets up, he'll jog off the field, like limping. And you'll be like, yeah, he, he's hurt. He's not a hundred percent. And I feel like just cause he plays like he's the wide receiver too. You can't really afford to, you know, give him a break. 
But I feel like if we had an actual wide receiver too, like maybe a Jameson Williams or a Christian Watson or a, even an Odell Beckham, you'd see Adam Thielen take a two, three week break and fully heal up and get back to his normal self. But I don't think, you know, he's been able to do that. Will, the Pats have had Jonathan Jones, and he's been playing excellent this season. Uh, that being said, J.J. had one of his best games of his season against him. Is this something you've seen this year at all, or is J.J. kind of the first guy to expose? I don't even know if expose is the right word because they still have a strong defensive unit in secondary, but is he the first guy that's faced the Pats that's had this kind of performance? So I'll say historically, like the Patriots have had a hyped cor- kind of cornerback one yeah, for the last five years or so. Um, but they do always kind of choke in, in, in the brightest lights situations. Um, there were games where Stefan Gilmore did not have great games or JC Jackson would give up a hundred yards and get burned in the game. And it just feels kind of the same for Jonathan Jones here. Uh, Jonathan Jones was PFS number one ranked corner for multiple weeks this season. Um, but it just goes to show you, I think, it, it's props to the Patriots' secondary scheme more so than, I'm not going to say talent of the player, but the eliteness of the player, right? Like, the the Patriots' scheme can be here, but J.J.'s way up here. And that's just that's just how it is at the end of the day. I mean, it helps to have, like, Devin McCourty, who's just been a rock in that secondary his entire time there. That's something I've been, that's basically there, Harrison Smith. You know, if you knock him down, maybe a, a little bit of a tier just consistently good. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I, it's been weird, but I think it's all about the scheme with the Vikings. Cause JJ had a couple of games this year where, what I think he had 14 yards against the lions. Like yeah. he just 14 against the lions. He had 33 yeah. last week. Right. So he's had a couple of games, but it's just because he doesn't get targets in those games. So I think force feed him and especially if the run def- or the run offense isn't going to be as good as, you know, it should be, which I guess let's jump into that. The run, the run game was not good for the Vikings. Carter, let me know what you think about Kevin O'Connell sticking with the run, even though Dalvin Cook was bad, like just straight up. He wasn't good. So I really think that Kirk can thrive off the play action. And I think the running is necessary to keep the defense on its heels. I think a balanced attack and not favoring one or the other is extremely beneficial to getting in rhythm. You know, I was very critical of Kirk earlier, but the stats are the stats. You can't deny that. And the Vikings got the win ultimately. And this is the first game that you saw that happen in. And I think that's no coincidence. And this is one thing that I really do think that they did well is sticking to the run is huge, especially against that Patriots defense, because I think if they were, you know, a more so pass dominant offense in this game, I don't think they would have necessarily won this game because I don't think Kirk would have been in the same type of rhythm that he was later in the game. I don't think the play action would have been quite as effective. And I think the Patriots definitely would have had a lot more sacks. And I'm not sure how good the Vikings third down offense is, just with the exception of just throw it up to 18, you know, eight of 15, they were eight of 15. Okay. Yeah. I think it's bad. The third down offense is bad unless they're just going to chuck it to yeah. JJ. And you or know, Kirk chucking it to JJ wheels. works for the most part, but yeah. sticking to the run is good. And I think we're slowly seeing the league kind of shift back into running more. It's it's pretty cyclical and it's fun to watch, but it is keep this up. And I think you found a rhythm that can work and be consistent for the rest of the year, unlike the consistent inconsistency we've been getting from the Vikings on a week by week basis. <laughs> I was gonna say I love they stuck with the run. 
for the reason that, you know, in true passing sets, the Patriots D-line was able to, you know, get after Kirk. And in sets where you're able, you know, when you're able to run the ball and keep them off target a little bit, you were much more successful. And especially not having Christian Darius on having Blake Brandell instead, the run game became that much more important. And it felt like the Patriots were going to say, we're going to stack the box and make Kirk beat us on prime time. And hey, fair enough, Kirk did it. And I mean, that was my biggest criticism of KOC so far. Just they weren't sticking with the run. And you have to, even if it's not good, just like you guys are saying. I mean, if you're down three scores, obviously you can't. But the game, unless I guess you're the 2022 Vikings um, at that point, is too late to come back in most cases, even if you're the 2022 Vikings, as we saw against the Cowboys. But, I mean, the offensive line's an important role there. I want to ask you this, Tyler. We had Blake Blake Brandell in. Blake Blandell, more like it. (laughs) But... He's actually been okay. Yeah, give me a rim shot there. He's been okay in relief for Christian Darisa, but what did you see from him, Tyler? I'm just concerned. You know, he did decent in relief of Darisa. I'll give him that. It's not like he had a horrid Ole Udo type game, but yeah, you know, he he kind of had like a let's see a a pass blocking grade of 62.9 for PFF, which isn't great. Is not terrible? Right. Like three like years he, ago, that would have made him our best offensive line. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. I guess like I'm two tainted pressures because... in the sack. And yeah. I'm just worried. Cause I'm he not was also sure going how against long you can though, right? That. Yeah. He was going against one of the best pass rushers in the league right now. Like two, if you told me before the game, Blake Brandell was only going to give up two pressures in a sack. I, I'd have taken it. Well, he looked <laughs> horrible against Parsons. But I mean, yeah, but is, no one looks good against Parsons. Yeah. How long can you sustain that? Like, how much of that was scheme and how much of that was Brandell? Like, I'd argue a lot of it was scheme, but yeah. you're not going to expect Darisaw to miss any more significant Right, time. and to be fair, not even to Brandell, who cares? We can criticize him and it's fine if he has a bad game. Like, I don't get heated over that, but we're not going to play the rest of the season with Brandell. Like, I guess it's possible if Darisaw gets like another concussion or something, but that's, this team has higher aspirations and they'll need Darisaw. Like you're saying, you know, if they're going to compete and that looks like what it's going to be as long as he's healthy. Right. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing is I think this game is a positive regardless of KOC can make it work when he's missing some of his most important pieces on the offensive line or even the offense in general. Maybe the only piece he truly can't replace with Jefferson and Kirk really. But when he's, when he's, you know, working with a little bit of a lesser deck, he's still able to make things work, shuffle it around and find ways. I think getting rid of the ball quickly, what he's talked about in press conferences with Jefferson that helped a lot too. And just keeping the Patriots uh, defense kind of unpredictable or on like they were, they weren't able to predict what was going to happen with the Vikings offense. And that was, that worked out, that worked in our favor. Like Steve Belichick and Bill Belichick were, confused a lot of the time so here's the other part too is the other part of this is that ed ingram actually had a solid game pass blocking and you don't really see that from ed all that often so what if brandell and ingram both had bad games would would the situation be the same uh what's the interior d-line look on the pats will is it good yeah they're missing barmore i think they are missing Christian Barmore, who does play the majority of, of pass rushing snaps. Um, he's not really in there on run run defense snaps, but okay. not having Christian Barmore has sort of tanked the Patriots' defense these past few weeks. And I think 
that he would have been a major, major difference maker in this past this past week's game. Just another caveat on a Vikings win, right? <laughs> you got to ruin everything we enjoy. My bad. Um, I think we'll move on to the Jets. I wanted to touch on special teams real quick, but the gist of it is they've been solid except for Greg Joseph missing PATs, right? Um, Kane was a nice surprise that game. But overall, I'm surprised. Like, this is why I don't trust PFF perfectly. We're not in even the top half of highest graded special teams, but they've been excellent. I think so. our DVOA is pretty. I mean, I feel like Greg Joseph missing all those kicks is probably the reason why. Yeah, it's right. And there's been a couple impact. Ryan Wright punts. Like, any there was one to have struggles. He's had a couple rough ones. The one was, was really one. bad. The yeah, one was the really shank bad. against the Bears. Yeah. Overall, they've all been excellent. So, we'll just I was going to say, that. I Unless, was. Yeah, go ahead. I was surprised that. They fielded the last punt, and this might be a little bit of a tangent. I was surprised the quarter fell. Or as long as it's a mini returner, tangent, I'm fine with it, dude. I was surprised the returner fielded at the one. Like, why would you try to just oh, let the yeah. ball bounce? Because, right. I mean, if 99 yards and 45 seconds is rough, but 80 yards and 45 seconds still bad, but it's a lot more doable. And I wonder if the return last week factored into his mind at all. <laughs> yeah, he's just feeling competitive against Kane. Yeah, well, we don't need to dig in on the Patriots' uh flaws anymore we'll move on we definitely don't have to hey um, just run the ball <laughs> oh yeah me and carter were calling out every single play we're like okay which plays we're like there's going to be a screen pass or like a swing pass to Ramondre stevens so you just gotta figure i was out super which... worried about screen, stevens, swing, so that was a nice run. swing screen run yeah swing, matt patricia screen run matt patricia <laughs> yeah. might be a rocket scientist in real life but boy can he not run an offense holy cow. i will say just they did not have very many run attempts for the game script, you know, calling for potentially a good running game. So, but we'll move on. Uh, Will, we not only had you here for the Patriots, but also some Jets insight. You've already played them is just the one time or have you played them twice? twice. twice. We have beaten them twice now. That's right. You're two of their four losses. I did, mm-hmm. I did see that. Um, <laughs> So I think this is a good matchup. The Jets will be probably starting Mike White against us. Um who's better than Zach Wilson by all standards. <laughs> it's either him or Flacco, which I don't know if I'm concerned about either, but this is a really good team. So do you think these nine and two Vikings who are kind of regarded as having a better record than their actual talent is a good matchup with these seven and four jets or the jets kind of fakers? I I definitely believe the jets are frauds this year. Like <laughs> seven, seven and four is such an insane record. For it's a jets good fraudulent record. It is I mean, a good fraudulent record. I think they have, they do have the foundation of a really good team, but I would be really surprised if the Vikings lost this game. Yeah, I think this is kind of, I don't want to say trap game because the Jets are a solid team, but right. I think it's going to be relatively simple to expose Mike White if he ends up starting. Like, there's a come down coming his way for sure. Oh yeah. I remember last year he had that insane game against the Bengals and he had massive regression. So, you know, so Tyler, let me ask you this without Zach Wilson, because he's basically benched. What do you think of this jets team? And are you worried at all facing them because they have a really good defense and that's something that's kind of been our weakness that we somehow overcame last week, obviously, but. Um, I'm a bit nervous just because you've got that unknown element with Mike White at quarterback. And I think their secondary has been playing very well. And I think Sala has built a culture there that hasn't really existed since like Rex Ryan, 
So right. I'm a bit concerned of them. That being said, as far as how far they're going to make it in like the playoffs, they're probably like a, they're not making it past the second round. They so might like not even make not the playoffs. They're not elite but... tier of teams, but no, they'll know, make the playoffs. They can beat you if, if especially if their if their defense is just clamping down on you. Their I mean, offense, they have Sauce Gardner. They remind me a lot of the Zimmer Vikings, if I'm going to be honest with you, where they have a good pass rush and they have a great young corner. When Xavier Rose is like this, they just need to get things sorted on the offensive side. It feels like a team where if they score 24, 25, they'll probably beat you. Yeah, know, they, they don't need their offense doesn't need to do a lot to to have you in a bind. All they need to do is just run the ball and score like 17, 20. And if their defense is on a good day, then they've they've won. That's all they need to do. It's kind of weird because you know, I know Preet just compared them to the Vikings of the past. And this comparison up front might sound kind of strange, but I kind of look at them as the Vikings, or excuse me, not the Vikings, good grief, the Dolphins were last year, not in comparison to the win streak that they had, but they're a young team that's on the rise that isn't there yet. They're missing a few pieces. They're, the general outline for their good team of the future is there, but there's p- pieces and their young bucks can't really get it done quite yet. And that's kind of how I'm looking at them. Is there, I, I view them similarly to this year's Lions, but maybe a few steps ahead where they're a very good team but they're just not there yet. But they're, yeah. however, they're a very dangerous team. Well, Will, you've watched them more than I have, obviously. I actually haven't watched any of, like, I'm going to ask you about Zach Wilson. I haven't watched Wilson much. I've only seen the stats and, like, highlights from him. Is he just not good? Is he done? Is it, like, an attitude problem? Because I'm already seeing Vikings fans saying, oh, let's trade for him because his value's low and let him sit behind Kirk. Well, is there any anything for that? I, I... From where I sit, I definitely think that the narrative around him is that there is an attitude problem. He's he's sort of a cancer to the locker room. Um, he, which is so weird to me, because last year when he got hurt, like, you know, he was texting Mike White the whole time he was starting. If I don't know if you guys remember that story, but he was like completely supportive, and I, I don't know what's kind of turned this year. This time he's benched. He, it's not like an injury or anything. This year he is benched, but there's there's other factors here too. And I, I think like Elijah Moore uh, spoke a few weeks ago and commented on, you know, somebody asked him about his chemistry with Zach Wilson. And he goes, I don't know, man. Like, I don't get the ball. Right. You know, I think I we think thought that, that was something... an indictment on Moore, right? Yeah. And like this week, yeah, if you exactly. saw his press conference, Elijah Moore, ooh, he, he was like, I'm just so happy to have the ball back in my hands. Yeah. Which which leads you to believe like there's been a shift there with Zach Wilson and he's not liked in that locker room. Yeah, so maybe the truth is coming out is his fault the whole time. I I wouldn't be surprised, especially with like the rumors around (laughs) uh, more being traded and you know Booger can't even say that I can't take him seriously because Booger McFarland Booger was ripping him for coming from wealth basically, which. I don't know. I, I'm not one to judge someone, but it's definitely maybe a factor if it, there's all these rumors about it. So I don't know. Seems like no one likes the MILF man. <laughs> you know, we have our we have our own MILF man in Minnesota with Young Gravy. We don't need we don't need that. <laughs> that was uh, such a that show. He just played one song and then dipped. That was so funny. Dude, I love Gravy, even though it's not the best. Like 
I don't know. I like his music enough, but that I, I do too. But he just played one song and dipped. He did not want to be there. Take picks. Well, he was at the Thanksgiving game. Yeah, I know. He He's just played be one a... song. He played one. He was supposed to play like before, like the game. Oh, I see. He played yeah. one song. Like he's got to be a top tier Minnesotan. Like you got him yeah. and Adam Thielen. He, the, I mean, that's like the definitive top two to me. Do we Maybe he's Lizzo be in tight that, end too. Yeah, Lizzo. No, Lizzo, Lizzo doesn't count. She's born in Detroit. L- L- oh, she does. Oh. I didn't know she was born outside of Minnesota. Okay, I mean, well, we're going she's on. Got a, the new man. Another tangent. Yeah. That had to be Stefan Diggs. Why though? I heard it was Anthony Barr. Shit, we might need to start. <laughs> is it possible? Oh, yeah, let's start a Lizzo. Cast. It was is Anthony it possible Barr. It wasn't any of them, and it's just a lyric in a song. That's it, probably no, it's very true. possible. Yeah, Matt, no. It no, have, if it was Bar, it, it couldn't have been Kendrick's. Kendrick's had a has a long time. It, it was girlfriend. Kendrick's or Bar. It, I mean, it, it couldn't could have been Kendrick's. It was either from, Bar or Eric Wilson. I, I don't know about Bar, but podcast. she was spitting bars. Where's that rim shot? Putting them. It could have been. Okay, David Morty ruined it. You already ruined it with the um, Mike uh, Remmers. Guys, I think it was Kirk. It was definitely <laughs> no. <laughs> that it was definitely Kirk. Let's funniest, move on to prediction. The funniest one. <laughs> All right, let's go on to predictions. Let's wrap it up and then go into Super Gremlin. Let's just go down this record one more time, eh, Carter? Carter oh, is up. an eight and three. The come down, dude. You're experiencing the Mike white it's like a right super now. bowl hangover yeah it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's the ram super bowl hangover of is Vikings it predictions. is it three wrong straight or is it yes, two wrong three straight? Okay. three in a row incorrect which so, is hilarious because i i finished my auburn records with one game incorrect and then i've still only predicted two panthers games incorrect but i'm oh and three in my last few vikings games and it's awful well, josh allen the bills kind of screwed carter yeah, yeah. That was wild. That I mean, you can't predict that. Carter and I are both eight and three with our prediction record at this point for the Vikings wins losses. Preet is up to seven and four. Tyler's right, five and six. You Will, you're gonna make a prediction, but Matt Anderson, our first guest, is one and zero. Oh. So you're you're competing with him. <laughs> and if for you, the record, he predicted the Vikings Bills game right. Yeah, he's wow. a shootout. Oh. He was so either, excited. Either way, if game. Josh Allen starts, he was so excited he was going to the game. I think he's just like, I hope the Vikings win. And he, you could hear in his voice when he was saying it because <laughs> he was talking about going to the suite and everything. He was pumped. So, but yeah, uh, Will, I want to ask you, what do you think this game looks like? And then give us maybe a score if you want. The Vikings win this game 25 to 13 over the Jets. It's a pretty, that'd probably I be think... our third third best win of the season if we do that i think that'd be impressive you know i think the jets wins by one score every time (laughs) the jets are gonna get some points on the board but you know i just think they're outclassed especially with mike white at quarterback i I think so too Preet, oh carter you're breaking my heart i wish i had some right now he held up the cranberry (laughs) sprite uh pre let's go down the line now what's your prediction 27-13, 27-13, the Mike White regression will be generational as they face Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter willing to take him down. All right, Tyler, you're changing your prediction right now. I can see it. Yeah. Don't tell me it's just because you want to be uh, a contradiction. He, he wants to That's exactly it, that, and I'm five and six, and if okay. all of y'all lose. That's fair. So I'm I'm gonna go Jets win twenty three twenty. The gamemanship is here, so I, I'll I'll buy it. Uh, 
I don't know. I feel like you should have to lock it in because now, because like, uh... no, that's fine. He he's five and six. Doesn't matter. <laughs> out of the run. I'm, I'm five and six. He's Give the Packers in the NFC North. So, Jets win. Why not? I've got nothing to lose. I need to get to five hundred. Now, you just did your say, just your mental health. You did say here, lose. Dalvin has a big game. Are you sticking with that? Sure, sure. Yeah, I'll <laughs> keep he's running got the his ball. convictions. Uh, we love him. Tyler is tanking the rest of his predictions in an attempt to get to five hundred. He's right going to get the first round. Pick. <laughs> what if I, I predict what everyone is, just but... has a tie from every game forward? Uh, you'd probably not do very well. Yeah, Carter, <laughs> what's your prediction? Oh man, so I have a little bit of a wild theory on this one, which partly agrees with me. Oh no, I could see the Jets getting up potentially early, maybe ten nothing, something like that, and Mike White starts off really well, but I don't see him finishing very well. I think that this is a game similar to last week, where the Vikings are slowly starting to put it together. It's not really what we all thought. Because even though they were winning games, they just weren't putting together a fully complete game. I think we're just slowly seeing the transition into a complete team, which is great timing for the Vikings if you look at how many games are left in the season. But I think the Vikings will eventually pull away as Mike White probably collapses in the third or fourth quarter. Yeah, it seems like maybe their latest win against the Bears where they kind of dominated you know, a bad Bears team, just to be honest, was maybe just the release of finally benching the cancer in the locker room and starting um basically their Taylor Heineke and Mike White. So I think the Vikings will win That's this a great for my comparison actually. I didn't really think about that. Team rallies them. Everybody loves them. Although I, I haven't see seen I haven't seen much attitude or like any of Mike White's post game pressers. So I don't know if he's a hype guy kind of like the, how the team loves be. him. He's not really yeah. a hype guy. But... He, he's one of those people that the internet just obsesses over kind of like Heineke. It was a very similar His name helps. start to their career. Yeah, we just yeah. need to see Mike White on the plane drinking a bush light now and then. <laughs> hey, two yeah, as bush long lights. as he has any person, if he has any emotion, he'll definitely already jump ahead of Heineke. Yeah, Heineke just see him pop a Zin mid game. Well, let's Buys uh, Jordans of the colors of every team he beats. That's so baller. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> that with is baller. That that is so cool. I'm I am glad I he does not have a purple and gold pair, but yet, yet. Yeah, no, I don't know. He won't. He won't. They'd have to be just in the divisional. I, I wonder. Sam how Howell will have a purple season. and gold pair. <laughs> don't you hate Sam Howell? Like I love. Future? Wait, what? No. Oh Sam no, Howell's you hate great. Drake. Man, you, you hate. You didn't like Drake. Yeah, well, which is a know. segue to. Well, I didn't get my score, so oh, that was about to say. Fuck, never mind. That's why you're not the host. <laughs> so okay, my first part of my prediction was gonna be yeah, exactly. Pre, take a seat. <laughs> my first my initial prediction was going to be a sloppy game is going to be like the vikings playing the vikings like the jets have a good defense but their offense might flounder and then it's just going to be like a 17 14 game or something but i think the vikings might i think i've said this a few times and i've been wrong but they might get a convincing win here and um i think it's a team they can do it against it's a team that's not elite but you know they're solid they're, I think their their record's going to balance out by the end of the year, maybe be closer to 50-50. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a good game, and the Vikings will come out with a win. Carter, will you introduce Super Gremlin of the Week, and then we'll close out the app because we are going a little long. Of course. Super Gremlin of the Week is our segment where we basically get an excuse to talk about anything in the sports world. Now, my Super Gremlin of the Week had a last-minute change-up, and I'm going to need to pull up the quote for this one to get it right. So for those who don't know, a few mere hours ago, my Auburn Tigers hired Hugh Freeze as their head coach. Hugh Freeze has a little bit of controversy. 
And some former Auburn players have taken to social media to express their opinions about it. And perhaps the funniest quote comes from Detroit Lions legend, Carry On Johnson, if y'all remember him. <laughs> yes. He, mm-hmm. he said, and I quote, personally, I'm not particularly excited, but I understand why and how this happened, unfortunately. <laughs> and I think that is one of the funniest quotes to a coaching hire I've ever heard. Now, if you don't follow Carry On on Twitter or any type of social media, he is a hoot you gotta i mean i love him he went to auburn he was a legend it's just that that is one of the funniest responses actually ignoring the legitimacy of a lot of the controversy around this situation uh it's such an auburn situation yeah i love yeah. that you just bring a taste of auburn here every week because oh yeah it's like, hey. otherwise i'd have no idea but yeah, yeah i do love carry on Johnson. decorated <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next, let's go down the line. How about uh, Pre? What's your super gremlin? All right, all right, all right. Coming in for me, my super gremlin of the week. I'm going to take it to the World Cup. Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the best soccer players of all time, has recently had a falling out with his uh, club team. And he sat down with Piers Morgan, of all people, to do an AB style interview where he just bitched about his team and teammates and coaches <laughs> just to get cut. And t- and he, it worked. He got cut. Now he's getting like a $350 million contract offer for two years in Saudi Arabia or something crazy like that. I and mean, if today, it works, it works. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, Learn more power to you. Learn from the best. It was more a lot more like calm than ABs, but I'd expect that, I guess. But And then also today, during the World Cup, his teammate Bruno Fernandez scored a goal and Cristiano claimed he got a touch on it and he starts celebrating like a madman and they didn't <laughs> give him the goal. So it's funny to see him like do all these like personal it's like when you know when a when like let's say jefferson scores a touchdown he starts grittying only to look back and see there's like a 15 yard penalty for like offensive pass interference it's just incredible and it was it was great i loved every second of it Never yeah it's like the galler galler going down on a third down stop when you're down you know 37 yeah. 37 points uh yeah. 37 is more likely but yeah 37 yeah at the time it was i think um tyler what's your super gremlin dan the man Snyder, <laughs> he is my super gremlin of the week. Um, they recently unveiled the Sean Taylor Memorial to honor perhaps one of the greatest players of their franchise's history. This is going to be something you guys have to look up, but it's actually hilarious. And rather than being like a normal, competent NFL franchise by giving him, like, I don't know, a bronze statue or something. They, <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. They take so uh, a mannequin like you'd see in a Nike shop. Mannequin, with... mannequin not even is a generous. Mannequin, a it's like a wired mannequin. coat hanger, like like a wired. Yeah, it's a contraption of sorts. They they slap on the the Sean Taylor Redskins jersey. That's the only part they got right was the Redskins part. They didn't do Washington Commanders or football team. And just everything about it was just so underwhelming. They had it under like this blanket, like before they were well, going to reveal it. Also, to be and fair, everyone was anticipating this. It's also a Nike branded jersey, which Taylor would have never worn a Nike branded jersey. Yeah, yeah there's several right. inconsistencies about Soccer it. Cleats. And mentioned this. Um, just go down the line. There's so many. The pants are a Reebok, to be fair. But and he's wearing Adidas soccer cleats, not football cleats. <laughs> soccer cleats. Yeah, like it's the true football. The the only good thing, the only good thing they did is they made it in like glass, so Jackson Mahomes couldn't dance on it. (laughs) The 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 funny part about this too is they've got a whole video of the reveal, 
And like, there's just like this building anticipation. And then when they finally reveal it, it's just like five seconds. And then the crowd just sort of goes silent for a second. And it's like, everyone's kind of looking. There was someone directly like to the right and behind who looked like he was like a relative of Sean Payton or Sean, not Payton, Sean uh, Taylor. You keep saying Sean Payton. I know. It's just like, Freudian his name. slip. My bad. Uh, relative of Sean Taylor. And he just looks so disappointed. But like, <laughs> uh, and it's like the Philadelphia Eagles have a, two bronze statues for one play, the Philadelphia special. You guys, you idiots couldn't get an entire statue for him for 15 years. It's it's like, what the hell? Like, this is actually an idiotic organization. So for context, for those who haven't seen it, I think I've thought of a decent analogy to explain what this looks like. If you've ever played the game Minecraft and seen an <laughs> armor stand in the game <laughs> that is exactly what this statue looks like it's almost worse because it's yeah. not designed for this no, no in in the armor stand in minecraft they put sean payton's jersey and helmet taylor on taylor, taylor with john oh payton Pre, you are messing me up at this point they put oh, the sean Lord. taylor jersey on and then Iron leggings on the bottom. The I've funniest... never messed up on this name this much before until this podcast and before. <laughs> until pre-tox. The... It's the... like an infection. It's like COVID-19. The funniest like part... wildfire. The funniest part about this entire thing is this is the third time they've tried to honor Sean Taylor. And all three times they fail on a grander stage. It's well, at least he's selling the team now. Dan Snyder, that is. Dan the man. With Bofa. And they all get right. billions of dollars. Uh, and will he can't even do a memorial right. Yeah, of course they got a penny pinch every every second. Well, the sad will, thing is, is Jeff Bezos is going to buy the team, and he's going to penny pinch too. Will, who's your super gremlin? And then I'll close out, and we'll see you guys later. My super gremlin of the week has to be the University of North Carolina Tar Heels, and more specifically, their quarterback Drake May. <laughs> Carter is um, going wild. Carter is going wild. Drake. Hey, what happened? Uh, anyways, <laughs> I have to remain professional because I have a job. Carter played against Drake. Okay, if you guys that's don't fair. Know. At my at Myers, he went to I Myers. Did, yeah, yeah. When he yeah. was at Myers Park. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, uh, mine's quick. It's basically just a highlight, but I love this for some reason. I like enjoy Sam Darnold. Maybe it's because like I have a little bit <laughs> what? of love for the Panthers. <laughs> I don't know what. Are it you is. Colin Cowherd's illegitimate son? Like. <laughs> maybe, but I maybe I just enjoy disasters. But Matt Johnson, Sam that's, Arnold, enjoyer. That's why he's also. That's why Matt hosts this podcast. He enjoys disasters. True. That's very accurate. Thank you, Preet. That was very Laugh, poignant. Laugh, motherfuckers! That, you say that was a that. joke. What the fuck? <laughs> no, it was just very true. Um, but basically, the highlight is Sam Darnold fumbles. You know, in the red zone, about yard or two short. Carter, you can probably describe this better than me. He fumbles, picks it back up, recovers his own fumble. Like, I don't know how nobody else got this. Yeah, and then exactly. He just grabs it. You know, I I don't know how he was marked down, I'm going to be honest, but he just literally barrel rolls probably three or four rotations into the end zone for a score. Is there anything I'm missing? But this is hilarious. No, that's pretty much how it went. I mean, he literally just (laughs) rolled into the end zone. First it's ghosts, now it's fire. He's seeing fire that's not there and stopping and jumping and rolling. He's well aware of the hazards (laughs) around him, man. Sam Darnold's keeping a true Ricky Bobby moment. You're He's missing got that 99 fact. awareness on Madden, dude. <laughs> yeah, more like 17. You're also missing the fact that he outplayed Russell Wilson. Broncos country, let's you know, hide. I had a lot of good submissions. I just remembered my other one was Sean McVay getting decked by a player and having to 
borderline getting a concussion. But yeah, another one was almost Russell Wilson for the nth time this season because he's yeah. just a disaster in himself. The, I would the defensive like to point player out. just screaming at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have yeah. you all seen the Russell Wilson toilet tracker? That's what he... I was just about yes. to talk yep. about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, say that quick and then we'll be done. Carter, you can bring it up if you want. So yeah. I forget the name of the TikToker to give him credit, but if Preet knows, Preet can interject with it. I don't There's know. There's a either. series on TikTok right now that is currently tracking Russell Wilson's touchdown passes in comparison to how many bathrooms he has in his house. And I want to say that the number of bathrooms in his he house has 12 is 12 bathrooms. He has 12 12? Okay. I think he has, and he eight has not had that many touchdown passes. He has eight, I believe, off the top of my head. Yeah. Um. He's. It's not looking likely he might get it, especially considering that Carson Wentz has more touchdown passes. Russell Wilson is basically Teddy Bridgewater at this point of his career. No, don't, don't disrespect Teddy. Like that. Don't disrespect people like Teddy. People, people love Teddy. Teddy. What? Teddy's a leader. We respect Teddy. Yes, we what? respect Teddy in this household. I love Teddy more than in the next guy, but stat wise, there's no, no stat volume. wise. Yes, That's cringy bullshit wise. No. Why would I? Why would I ever? Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater wouldn't Bridgewater do jumping like jacks on the plane. My favorite uh, Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> oh, Teddy Bridgewater would, but you'd love it. Teddy no, Bridgewater's my... Louisville marching band dance is better than literally anything uh, Russell Wilson has ever done. Bonus Super Gremlin real quick. Brian Burns like for doing that. Rus- this is our sixth Super Gremlin. I almost called it Russell Wilson because of how much of a gremlin he we is. Can, we can maybe make the a Russell special Wilson of the week. called the Russell Wilson of the week. We can have the Super <laughs> Gremlin and the Russell Wilson. Super gremlin. <laughs> Brian Burns of the Panthers, after he sacked Russell Wilson, did the fake yeah. high-five yeah. celebration. That's just... No, he did the... No, he did the praying and the. No, no, no. It was the, it was a high fives. He was fake. Yeah, yeah, or whatever it was. But that first that that fake that celebration thing, that's worth two first round picks alone, right there, in my opinion. Good job. <laughs> I, I think I'll go back at the end of the year. We'll count up all the super gremlins. I think Russell Wilson will be the leader. Dan a. Snyder a. might a. be an honorable a. mention. Ab a. would also be. Jimmy, you're saying we did have a whole episode where Antonio Brown was everybody's super. That's gremlin true. That'll count as well. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, we've gone way too deep in this tangent. Will, thank you so much. You can plug your Twitter if you want or anything else you want to say before we go. Do you have anything? Uh, just thank you guys for having me. My Twitter is at Will's Designs. He'll thank design you, things Pre- for you Carter. maybe if you pay him. <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, thanks so much for coming. We'll have more Preet and, and Carter's friends, I'm sure. Preet says that Preet has a new friend he wants on the show every week, so I don't know. We'll probably have all of them. <laughs> Freak, close out the show with your stupid saying, and I will see you all next week. You have just completed your voyage on the love boat. Hey, y'all boys did a great job Thoughts filling in for saying, me for Will? that. <laughs> that was kind of funny. I've heard that before, though. I've heard it. Hearing it in person was just better than the podcast Mwah. episodes I've listened to. <laughs> <laughs>